0: Newsbreak podcast.
1: Before we get into a lot of the numbers and statistics I want to give you, I just want to tell you at home. You know, what's so heartening for us covering this conference here is that um, the love your country is getting from foreign investors, from foreign delegates, from business people the world over is really something that you should just take a moment and take stock of because it seems as if everybody loves South Africa and everybody wants to you know, make their mark here in South Africa. So definitely something wonderful for the people of South Africa after everything that you've gone through. We're broadcasting live today. We've got a lot of interviews lined up, a lot of content to come your way. I'm here with senior producer Genevieve Lankash. She's also going to be uh, combing through the floors here to find out exactly where the billions are going. So let's start it off. Since 2018, 774 billion rand in investment pledges have been secured now in its fourth drive how much is south africa going to add to that basket so this is where the work gets interesting now and let's take you to president cyril ramaphosa who of course was the mastermind behind this conference several years ago back around 2018 and this is what he outlined as his vision for conference 2022
2: distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen it gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome all of you to South Africa, those who have come from far and the field, and particularly to our fourth South African Investment Conference. We meet at a time when our country, like many other countries around the world are facing huge challenges as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. Yet it is also a moment of great opportunity and promise for development, for business building, and for restoring the lives of our people. For two years, our world has been battered by a pandemic far worse than any experienced in more than a century. Our economy, like so many around the world, has been severely damaged. Unemployment has risen, resulting in the loss of some 2 million jobs in South Africa. Businesses have closed and families across our nation have suffered great hardship. But it could have been far worse. Had we not acted swiftly to contain transmission and strengthen our health facilities, many more people would have gotten ill and many more lives would have been lost. We have entered a new phase in the management of the pandemic. We have been able to remove almost all restrictions on the social and economic activity, enabling our people and our businesses to almost move back to pre-COVID days. I'm also here to say that the government of the Republic of South Africa is making progress along the difficult but necessary path of reform that we have embarked on some three years ago. It is our ambition to be an economy and a society that is open to the global skills to global skills rather, that attracts talent, expertise and innovation to South Africa. We are establishing a special unit in the presidency to deal with bureaucratic red tape that impedes the operation of good business and to improve the operating environment and to reduce the cost of doing business. Distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen, It is nearly four years since we embarked on the ambitious drive as Minister Patel was saying to raise 1.2 trillion rand in new investment over five years. Now despite the impact of the pandemic by the time of the third South African Investment Conference in 2020 we had raised and we had, had pledged a total of 774 billion rand in investment commitments. We are two-thirds of the way to reaching our target.
1: And that was President Cyril Ramaphosa opening up the fourth South Africa Investment Conference here from Sandton. So, I think the main focus that after that opening address, and you know, you've heard the numbers, and it's it's numbers we've been giving you for quite some time now this week um i've just heard a conversation just now a little giggle as a remark made that if you look at the third installment of that conference in 2020 it's definitely going to be um, overshadowed and superseded because in that conference in 2020 south africa managed to secure 110 billion rand now when you compare that to the one the previous year in 2019 and this obviously was before the pandemic hit It was at 364 billion rand. Can you see the comparison? So it's interesting to see then. Obviously, we understand South Africa is likely to bypass the 2020 investment um, mark. Is it going to do the same with 2019? So I'll put this question forward to South Africa. Investment conference presidential envoy head, and that was uh, Jeff Khadebe. To ask him, Well, where are we standing right now at midday? What are the numbers telling us? Do you have a figure to give me? Are we surpassing the 364 billion secured in 2019? He couldn't answer me, but he said,
3: As uh, highlighted by the president, that uh, he made a pledge in 2018. When you started this investment drive, that by year 2024, we need to have about 100 billion US dollars of investment into the South African economy, which translates loosely to about 1.2 trillion rand. As you said this morning, we are now at 774 billion rand, which is about 65% of the target. So, but I think we need to put this into context that the COVID-19 pandemic from 2020 up to now has negatively impacted on the ability of the South African government to accelerate this investment
1: drive. Taking it back to 2020, which was the last time we had met as per pandemic, billion rand at that stage, you're confident that number is going to increase at the end of today?
3: I'm very optimistic of the of the caliber and quality of the investors that are, are on the fifth floor today that are going to be having a significant number of commitments that are going to be made
1: today. What do you think some of those external challenges are in South Africa that need to be mitigated so that investors can view us in a better light?
3: I think the major one is the issue of energy especially the accessibility of electricity to industry and the people but I'm happy to hear the President indicating progress that is being made to reform ESCOM to position itself positively for the South African investment store. So I also want to see more and more of private sector involvement in the energy sector. So the amount of megawatts that the president highlighted, about 4,000. So I believe that if we can ensure that independent power producers are the ones that take up that so that we create a more competitive electricity market in South Africa. I think it would border well for that. And also too, the issue of the ease of doing business, the removal of all the obstacles, as indicated about a month ago, the president has appointed CPO, to be in his office, to go step by step in removing all obstacles that stand in the way for a, a good business environment in our country.
1: For a long time, you know, one viewed the South African economy as split down the middle. You had your public sector, you had your private sector. We have seen that President Sildur has been speaking to South Africa a lot to say... We need that line to blur a little and we need to merge better. And you mentioned that as well, specifically when you were talking about the energy crisis. How do you envision that to take place?
3: We have always been committed to a mixed economy, so that there has to be a state role in the economy, but also a more role for the private sector in the economy, so that there must be a partnership, not only between government and the private sector, but also with the, the working people as well as broader communities. Let's face it, unemployment is very rife in South Africa. So we need, therefore, to ensure that this partnership is not in theory, but is in practice. Yeah.
1: The president himself did mention that the countdown on corruption has been made to make financial mismanagement harder. So it would be harder to do corruption at a state level. How's Cabinet feeling about that? There has to be a
3: total zero tolerance on corruption. Whoever is involved does not matter. Because corruption robs that child in Chatsworth, in Guamash, in Soweto, to get a decent education or a better health care. So we need to uproot all those bad... ...brought in elements from within our society... ...not only in government but also in the private sector... ...because let's face it, it always takes two to ten... ...so when there's a government official who's corrupted... Who's corrupted ...that means there's somebody in the private sector... ...who's collaborating with them. So I do hope that uh, when the Zondo Commission... ...has uh, given all its report... We, ...we have to learn from those lessons... ...and take effective steps and measures to correct it and to hold those who are guilty accountable.
1: The globe globally finds itself in a precarious position with a lot of turmoil specifically between Russia and Ukraine. Russia, of course, very closely linked to South Africa. If you look at the BRICS block of countries really solidifying and coming together to work together to build this emerging economy bracket, your thoughts on the impact this is going to have on South Africa's investment prospects here?
3: and already we are feeling the pinch of it in terms of the rocketing uh, oil prices uh, when you go to a filing station petrol in your car we are paying ma- now 200 rand more than you did about two or three months ago so that means there has been an impact but i think the south african government is on record to say that, that we need a peaceful solution to that issue and uh, south africa has also proposed mediation
1: And that was Special Envoy's uh, head at the South African Investment Conference, live from the Santon Convention Centre, Jeff Hadebe. Stay tuned, we've got lots more to come after this.
4: At SPA, we've worked hard to get you low prices on great products every day, so you can give more to your family. Get Liquifruit 1 litre, $19.99. SPA IQF Chicken, Mixed Portions 2kg, $69.99 and aerial auto washing powder 2kg, liquid 1.1 litre and 1.5 litre, or capsules 14s, 59 dollars It's low prices for you every day, only at Spa. Mauritius Tourism, in partnership with The Holiday Factory, are giving away an all-expenses-paid seven-night luxury holiday for two to the all-new five-star Le Meridian Il Maurice in Mauritius in the exciting Lotus FM Secret Mauritius competition. Visit our Facebook page to find out more about how you can enter and then tune in to The Breakfast Express next week. You will need to swat up on all things secret about Mauritius and its hidden gems. Prize includes flights, airport taxes and airport transfers. T's and C's
3: apply. When I grow up, I want to be like Matthew Veeran. I like Rachel on the road.
5: Tarish
4: Hari is my hero. Even the little ones love Newsbreak on Lotus FM. Shouldn't you? We provide the best news, views and interviews from across the globe. Newsbreak on Lotus FM. Tune in and lock on.
1: Almost 20 past one here at the Santan Convention Center, the fourth South Africa Investment Conference. Good afternoon. Welcome to the team. It's an extended hours broadcast today. And we just heard from um, President Cyril Ramaphosa and, of course, his team, Jeff Hadebe there as well. But really, what goes into the advice given to the president and his team making all these investment decisions. Trudy Makaya is the economic advisor to President Cyril Maposa. In this role she provides technical support to the president on economic policy and this is what she outlined as being key points to consider at this investment conference.
6: For investment to happen there's a lot that has to happen in the background. There's a lot of um, hearing of the path for that investment to be realised. So you know the president announced um, the investment mobilization drive in 2018, and we've had lots of intensive engagements with investors since then. And you know, he also came in into an environment where there was a lot of negativity around business, feeling that you know things are not working, service delivery is not great. And so the idea of ensuring that we remove red tape for business has been there right from the start, but now we're creating a centralized unit in the presidency mm-hmm. to really bring together various things that have been happening. So, for instance, the DTIC um, had an, an ease of doing business initiative going. Um, National Treasury had um, a city support program going. Small business department had an administrative simplification process going. But, you know, they were just happening in different corners, not really coming together. The synergy is And also having, like, scale. Because the problem really requires you to solve many, many, many problems all at the same time. So the unit will work towards doing that. Of course, it will choose some priorities in terms of areas that we see are really, really difficult. Talk
7: to us specifically about those areas that you see as those key inhibitors of investment in business in South Africa.
6: So getting authorizations, mm-hmm. uh, it's important for business to obviously comply with environmental legislation, uh, with licensing in, in the local area, with water uh, permits, but it takes too long. So we've seen Instances of businesses that are you know taking years to secure a water license that's a big problem. It could be a big mining project that yes. changes the life of a community, but it takes too long. Um, similarly, we also see on day to day things like a multinational wanting to build its factory, wanting to bring in specialist skills to build it, but they can't get the visas. So it comes and run around going to embassy, consulate, doing this, doing that just not getting the, 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 the right amount of people or the right skilled people in. So, you know, solving those kinds of issues has been important. But there are also other issues that affect small and informal business. Yes. So we know about zoning can be very difficult for small business. Of course, we want organized spaces, but it can be excessive sometimes in terms of preventing people from trading. If you're studying something built, getting the electricity connected, water connected, very difficult. So um, some of that will help those smaller businesses to really make sure that they, don't, they, they comply with legislation but they don't, they don't feel like they're being harassed. What about
7: internal processes like, for example, just the importing of white cement for the construction industry? There's multiple levels of licensing in order to get those approvals going and it costs thousands of rands, so any small player that wants to enter that market, it becomes particularly difficult for them. What about addressing those particular concerns?
6: So those concerns will come under the, the, the Red Tape Reduction Unit. I think the point I was making is that it has to have a few that are kind of big, national, you know, we're going to deal with water licenses or we're going to do deal with uh, electricity connections and it's a across the nation thing. But of course there will be others that are sector specific, where you know you know that in this sector this is the issue, when you're importing this is the problem. And those will also um, come to bear in, in, in terms of the work that this office seeks to do and as I say, supported by all of the many other initiatives um, that are in business. And also supported by local government and its structures to make sure that, you know, we don't have the situation we have now where some places work much, much better. Um, than other places.
7: I'm sure that this issue around limiting that red tape, and making it easier to do business in South Africa, is a key focus for many of the investors coming into this conference. They want to know that should they come in, they're going to be given that uh, sort of leeway to be able to invest and see a return on their investment. Talk to me about how you're addressing their concerns. You've, ta- you've spoken about those various avenues you're dealing with, but the messaging here at the conference, in particular, when you're engaging with investors.
6: So I think it's, we're dealing with the big things, we're dealing with the small things. So we're dealing with the small things, those niggles that we talked about that they encounter every day, but we're also dealing with the big things, like electricity supply. Um, you know, the President outlined all of the reforms that are happening to ensure that we have stable, secure, uh, and sustainable uh, energy, starting with allowing for self-generation. Some of the work that's been done to fix ESCOM, that's obviously a very big problem that everyone talks about. Secondly, on logistics, getting things around. So the work that's been done by Transnet to deal with its security challenges, vandalism to infrastructure, but also allowing private sector participation um, on some level to operate um or to have containers that they can operate and, and participate in, and have concessions. So that work is also being done because of course that, that cost is, of moving things can be prohibitive and also on the roads where you don't want it. The same with ports, dealing with port logistics. You know, uh, the cost of our ports is quite high in international terms. So people who are exporting out of South Africa might feel they're being disadvantaged. So that's also being dealt with. Spectrum in telecommunications. We saw the auction happening last week after many years uh, of kind of not much progress in this area. So, I think the overall message is that we're taking care of those big policy issues, but we're also uh, looking at the climate for doing business. Are you
7: confident and optimistic that we're going to see perhaps
6: even more pledges than the last three years? Yes. So, I mean, the last conference is easy to beat <laughs> because it was during the pandemic. But I think it will be comparable to the sums that we saw in the first two conferences. So it's a good amount. We also saw like some highlights. I mean, the African Development Bank coming strongly as a partner on the continent to come and support um, South African the South African economy uh, has been very important. Um, so, yes, I think we will see uh, a good number at the end of the day.
1: And that was Trudy Makaya, the economic advisor to President Sultan maposa really giving us a great deal of perspective. You know, i just talking about perspective and um, I'll remind you that foreign direct investment flows into South Africa. It rose sharply from about 26.8 million rand in 2017 shot up so wonderfully to about 70.6 billion um in 2018 so that was a, the 20 um in 2017 26.8 billion shoots up to 70.6 uh, uh, billion in 2018 right so definitely big numbers we need to look at here but i had a very interesting conversation here with richard rivet karnak and he's the ceo of Sab, so South african breweries and he said let's talk about the successes and I just love that. I felt that was the vibe a lot of people are putting forward at this investment conference. Welcome, Mr. Uh, Ruvet R- 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 Khandek. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Thanks
0: for your time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, my comment really was obviously a lot of the conversation, especially in the alcohol industry, has been about COVID and, and the lockdowns, right? And we all very hopeful that that is now behind us. Um, and this investment announcement we made today, we yeah. in, we've announced we are investing four and a half billion Rand. Um, uh, is is about the future right yeah um, so what we have seen is a, is, a, is a very tough two years for the industry um, but we are seeing starting to see the, the green root, the green shoots uh, and 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 growth coming back into the industry uh, and and we're looking to invest ahead of that growth um, in particular um, what 's exciting about this investment is an expansion to our, our brewery in Prospecten, uh in um which is going to increase the capacity of that brewery um, which is obviously good for our business, but but more broadly for the economy and for the country. Uh, yeah, on an annual, on an ongoing annual basis, it's going to generate about three billion rand of tax revenue uh, for the fiscus, which can obviously be uh, be used by the government to help also grow the economy. Um, uh, but in, adi- in addition, yep. it will create 24,000 yep. jobs through the value So, share.
1: I mean, you know, you talked about 4.5 billion investment in, uh, uh, pledged here at this conference. You know, I want to ask you, where does that come from when the industry has taken such a knock?
0: So, it's I mean, w- we obviously need to, to fund that. Uh, we are part of a broader group, uh, and so we have funding available from the broader group. But... Mm. Um, we can also fund it fortunately largely yeah. through uh the cash flows that we're generating as a business yeah now yeah. that we're trading again we are we are making money uh and so we are taking st- some of those proceeds and reinvesting it back yeah, into the country
1: yeah. because I, i've been really wondering about this conference with the impact pandemic has had on the uh, economy everywhere really how much of um, liquid capital is around to invest so i think that's an important question but let's talk about like you said, the gains are being made now because people are imagining a post-pandemic world a post-pandemic society um how much of scope do you think that opens up now for investment
0: no i think it will make a make a massive difference right yeah. um i think just to start on your capital point i mean i think we do have a very efficient capital system uh, in in this country and it's one of the in fact very important uh, factors uh, when when companies like us think about investing in south africa because the reality is we can access funding either through our profits or through through the capital markets but more importantly you know, as we grow as a business it's it's vital that our suppliers and customers uh, can grow with us. So their ability to access capital is as important, right? Uh, in order to, su- to to support our growth. Uh, and the reality is we do have a very fully functioning uh, capital market, uh, which does support that growth. Yeah. Um, look, and, and you're right, so what we are undoubtedly seeing is that people, there's much more optimism. You know, people are certainly going out more now that the restrictions have been lifted, engaging more with um, with their friends and, and obviously drinking a beer at the same time. So uh, we see that continuing as the restrictions be yeah.
1: lifted. Yeah. Well, Richard Rivet-Khanek, we'll leave it there with you, CEO of SAB. Thanks for your time and look forward to taking this conversation forward. Thank you very much. Okay, so what does all of this mean for employment? I think that's a very big point here. It's a very big um, sort of direction that needs to to be looked at because if you have so much coming into the country South Africa on a quest now to surpass uh, obviously hundred ten billion rand off an investment package that was um... that had come to South Africa in 2020 they want to go beyond to their greatest um... sort of roundup in 2019 of 364 billion rand what does it mean for the labor and employment sector and i think that is definitely where we need to be drawing our attention so i think at this point let's find out exactly how the rand is performing turban base can keep a track now of the way economic sector is reacting um, to these conversations here's the market review
4: Yeah, Taresh. So the Rand is trading at 14 Rand 75 to the US dollar, 19 Rand 43 to the pound sterling, 16 Rand 19 to the euro, 11 Rand 3 cents to the Australian dollar, and at 10 Rand 24 to the New Zealand dollar. Let's go to India now, where 1 Rand is trading at 5 Rupees 17, in Sri Lanka at 18 Rupees 64, in Pakistan at 12 Rupees 30, and in Mauritius at 2 Rupees 99. The Saudi Arabia real is changing hands at three rand ninety two the cryptocurrency bitcoin is trading at forty three thousand and thirty five dollars or six hundred and thirty four thousand seven hundred and sixty six rand taking a look at your commodities gold is trading at one thousand nine hundred and forty six dollars platinum at one thousand and twelve dollars per ounce while the price of Brent crude oil is at one hundred and twenty one dollars. 90 cents a barrel. So that's a look at your market review. Making sense of your end there. For Newsbreak, I'm Talisha Naido. Food Lovers Market is bringing you whopping weekend deals. Starting this Friday, save big on a hearty 7kg potato pocket for 39 dollars A tray of 18 large eggs for $29.99. Six 1-litre cartons of Food Lovers UHT milk for $69.99. And buy a 500-gram pack of ground beef for only 25 Rand. Don't miss out on these great deals valid at all Food Lovers Market stores until this Sunday. Food Lovers Market. The best in fresh. Guaranteed
1: big push here to bring some big numbers within the investment parts of the country. But what does it mean for uh, employment? What does it mean for labor? I'm very fortunate to be joined in our studio here in Stanton by Mr. Tulas Nlesi. He's the Minister of Employment and Labor. Sir, great to connect with you. I tell you what, you know, it's so good to be seeing all of you. For two years, we've been doing all of this over the phone. To be sitting across from you, it's just a surreal experience. Welcome to Newsbreak. Thank you. So, what are you focusing on here? Your job as a minister is to ensure that the employment sector and the employment space is competitive, it's boosted, and there is jobs flowing into the country. When you have this kind of projected investment coming into the country, what becomes your area of work?
8: Well, I move from the logic, which says, this is a collective effort of government, and uh, it's not about a single department the issue of job creation is a responsibility of all the departments including the parastaters but also you'd remember that our economy has been going down since uh, uh, prior covid and uh, it became worse and we lost lots of jobs during the covid pandemic and uh, i think a nail was put on our head by the the unrest, yeah. which we saw in and in, uh, in Johannesburg. So clearly the issue of jobs, millions were lost. But now when we are here, we believe that the president was correct. The start is to ensure that you have economic growth. Mm. But you can't have economic growth without investment. Yeah. And that economic growth is the one which would lead to the creation of jobs. Mm. So, to me, is that we must first grow the economy, then we'll be able yeah. to have the
1: jobs. Yeah. You know, Minister Ngesi, what we hear a lot on the ground, uh, where I do a lot of work, the people say, it's so wonderful, the President announced a bailout plan, the President announced a couple of billion of investment coming through, but I'm still sitting at home without a job. So, they want to know, how does this translate? What is that chain that it translates to, to ensure that the man on the street is employed? first we must
8: accept that it's not going to be an event yeah. it's going to be a process look at the economic reconstruction and recovery plan which the president has come up with we're talking to the issue of the energy supply if we sort out the energy supply many people are saying you have sorted out 50% of the problems because most of the businesses are depending on the energy supply then they will be able to grow we're talking about issue of uh, industrialization, localization, you're talking about how do you help the small businesses to be able to be the job creators because everywhere in the world the issue of small businesses. We're talking about uh, the package which the president has come with which has helped a number of young people. Whilst we're having all these other efforts, but what we call mass public employment programs, what we call the presidential stimulus programs, they will be able in the meantime to create some jobs. But Mm. in the medium to long term, we expect that we would be able to have the results Mm. out of all the programs which have been uh, put together. Mm. But one of the big things which is coming now is the issue of the red tape and the constraints which are faced by the small businesses. Hence, there's this debate about the need for a social compact, the need, others are arguing yeah. that there's a need to review yeah. uh, the labor legislation, especially for the small businesses.
1: Yeah. Well, your counterpart, Mr. Abraham Patel, is expected to join me, so I do want to talk to him about red tape. But, you know, Minister, as you leave me, because I know you've got to go to your next engagement now, And you know, I want to ask you about this idea of You know, in order for South Africa to be attractive from an investment perspective, one has to really um, have faith in the workforce. What are your thoughts about that? And here I'm talking about the skills development, whether it is at a tertiary level or at a, you know, artisanal soft skill perspective. What are your thoughts on where South Africa needs to be from a skills perspective before we talk about mass investment?
8: Let me be broader on this particular matter and link this to the national labor migration policy we've come up with. And say, the South African constitution together with the labor legislation provides the labor rights and protection for, for all the workers, regardless of where they come from. But also, we've seen the disruption, uh, which has been caused by the operation to which has been caused by some of the political parties who just rock up at the workplace and disrupt the production. And uh, we have said all those things are wrong. Mm. However, we recognise that South Africans uh, want to have accessibility in the in the jobs, and we know that some of the employers tend to prefer uh, the the the, the non South African nationals in the semi skilled jobs. All they want to do is to exploit the cheap labour of those particular. Uh, yeah. uh, desperate migrant workers, but also the issue of the skills needs mm. of the country, the critical skills needs. That's why I have, we have to invest as a country. On massive training and retraining yeah. training yeah.
1: including our graduates. Minister Nyesi, I've got so much of questions to ask you on that point, but I see your team they're standing over there. I'm a bit, I'm a bit afraid of them, so I'm going to have to let you go, Mr. Tulas Nyesi, Minister of Employment and Labour. Thanks so much for your time.
8: Thank you. I'm ready for you to invite me one of the days.
1: Yeah, so discussion come to Durban, then we'll talk. Thank you. <laughs> thanks so much, Minister Nyesi. Okay, so it's it's a wonderful time, Genevieve Lanka. I think there's just so much going on here and. I think everybody's everybody's cell phones are in their hands and everybody is just wanting to find out what's the latest statistic, what's the latest deal that's closed and imagine if we were able to do this without Google, would we get the information we need right now?
7: Yes, and, and that's quite interesting because we're discussing, uh, the, we're discussing the economy, but you can't discuss the economy without talking about how the environment in which doing business is changing. And a lot of it, it has, has already migrated to the online space. And to talk to us a little more about this, I'm joined now by Google South Africa Country Director, that's Alistair mcquena Mr. McQuenna, thank you so much for joining us uh, here at our Newsbreaker studio.
9: Hi Genevieve, thanks for having me and uh, good afternoon to the Lotus FM listeners out there.
7: So the conversations really have been quite riveting and perhaps you could help us unpack this a little. Explain to us the concept of a digital economy as opposed to this idea of a very traditional market space.
9: Fantastic, so we're really excited that the time has come for Africa's digital transformation to be accelerated. And you know as they say we need to make the best of a crisis so if i look at the pandemic and what it's done to businesses yes. it's become very very clear that the future lies in being online so we saw with the first lockdown the limitations of traditional business i.e bricks and mortar businesses that don't have an online presence uh, when we couldn't go to the shops those businesses couldn't trade couldn't sell to us yes. you know kids couldn't go to school people couldn't go to work so the whole idea of migrating businesses from the offline onto the online has become the only saving grace going forward. And what's wonderful about the internet is that businesses have access to infinite possibilities. Think about a small business in South Africa that can now trade all over the world because they now have a website, they spend a little bit of money advertising traffic to their website, mm-hmm. and through some of the Google products we have, such as Google Market Finder, we're able to connect South African businesses to offshore markets. And a good example is Tepo Jeans, a local business, a denim business that uh, through google business profiles i.e being online and using Mm. market finder we're able to access business in the uk in the netherlands and so on so it's very exciting for us um, to see businesses take advantage of the internet
7: and what's interesting about this uh, for me in particular is that when we often spoke about the digital space it was quite a confounding idea for many you know you couldn't quite connect how that would relate to you in your everyday sphere but now Things like just buying your groceries, for example, or marketing your business, all of these have become online activities.
9: Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, a crisis will make you get out of your comfort zone. And I think there's been a lot of tech phobia in the past. That's true. But if you consider the fact that pretty much every African has, has a cell phone, and the idea is... Uh, you know, for more and more affordable smartphones to get into the African continent so that Africans are able to do business online and live their lives on the internet. If you look at the internet penetration in Europe and the U.S. sitting at about 90%, in most African countries are sitting at 60%. So there's a lot of headroom for us. And I think what we're saying is that our billion dollar investment across Africa over five years yes. um, has a few elements including the Aquiano subsea cable which is going to bring Fast, affordable, reliable internet access, taking it all the way from uh, Portugal in Europe, down the Atlantic Ocean coast of Africa, all the way down to Cape Town. So this, this cable, which we pledged two years ago at this conference, is landing in June in Cape Town. And wow. it's going to transform internet. It will it'll, it'll increase internet speed um, you know, by three times. Mm-hmm. It will reduce uh, retail and wholesale prices of, of the internet by 25%. It's got twenty twenty times more capacity than the previous cable that was that was built. So that means faster internet, lower latency, cheaper, affordable internet and through And of it, course
7: that is the big issue, right? Cheaper, more affordable absolutely, internet. Cost is a barrier. I, I just want to quickly take you to the next point and, and perhaps if you could unpack for ha- for us how Google is working within Africa to unlock opportunities for entrepreneurs, especially up and coming young African businesses. uh, in the online space?
9: Okay, so we've got got a number of programs and I think it all starts with investing in infrastructure so the internet becomes affordable, which we've ticked. And then the second thing is about digital skills training. So we've got our Google Digital Skills for Africa program which has targeted training 10 million Africans with digital skills. We're now sitting at about 6.5, so with three and a half to go. And then we've also created an Africa Investment Fund Mm. which is looking at uh, funding African uh, tech startups across different industries and sectors and we've already um, given some of the funding out to you know so to to deserving organizations we've also got a specific fund called the black founders fund which uh, recognizes the fact that um, you know black-led uh, startups often have a issue raising capital so so yes. all these funds are going to power African businesses but also another exciting one is the Hustle Academy which we launch in partnership with the Department of Small Business Development which is looking to train fifteen hundred um, South African entrepreneurs between now and November on digital skills and it's a five-day boot camp. It's free and That's it's just incredible. Th- that sounds
7: amazing and just perhaps uh, very briefly if you could elaborate on the role Google South Africa plays in helping South African Organizations to navigate through this rapidly changing online landscape because quite frankly I can't keep up Sometimes it is so fast-paced.
9: Yeah, you're right. So so we, we, we recognize that the only way for us to scale any of our programs and have lots of impact and reach is through Partners. So we work with partners to support small business. There's lots of free support online. You know, there's lots of ongoing digital skills training there. We also partnered with an NGO called Kiva to make available low interest um, Kiva loans to small businesses. We also have uh, our Grow with Google, which is free online Google training. We've got access to lots of tools. Um, And I think that the biggest thing for small business is taking advantage of Google business profiles, which simply means getting an online presence, having a website developed for you in a couple of uh, hours. Mm. And then we've got the marketing toolkit, which takes the positive reviews that visitors on your website leave and uses machine learning to turn those reviews into advertising material for you. So you'll have, you know, banners created for you and social media feeds and so on. And then with Market Finder, you're able to trade anywhere in the world. So that's how we are supporting small business. And through that, we've got about six million small business across the continent online. And in South Africa, it's the number is just over 300,000 and wow. we keep going forward
7: well really interesting prospects that are coming through and i'm just going to put you on the spot very briefly i know that a lot of the big comp- companies and corporates and multinationals are pledging their investments and uh, i know that you spoke about the pledge that you made three years ago with regards to that cable that is going to be here in june but is there any quantifiable amount or anything that google's pledging uh, at this particular conference that you very briefly want to touch on
9: yeah so so, so the, the the big announcement for us is the billion dollar um, investment that we announced in October last year and that's, that cuts across sub-Saharan Africa and that will be spent over f- a five-year period. One so billion we'll, dollars one
7: across billion Africa. One billion dollars
9: across Africa over five years and that's powering digital economies across the continent and South Africa is a big part of that.
7: Absolutely. Well, Google South Africa Country Director Alistair McQuinn has so much to talk about so little time. Hopefully we'll be able to touch base with you next time and perhaps even get a little more about what Google is offering South African businesses. And uh, of course there is so many more businesses here that we're hearing pledges from. Uh, We know that there's been multiple announcements, many in the millions and billions. And I think that what's to look out for is how that's going to quantify at the end of the day. We're looking at an amount that could supersede 2020 as well as the previous two years, which is something that uh, would be exciting to see, but more especially how those pledges actually translate to actual investments within this time frame. So uh, we're going to leave it there and we're going to come back uh, in just a moment and pick up this conversation. Of course, we are broadcasting live here at the Santon City, the South African Investment Conference. In
6: 2019, the President of South Africa, His Excellency Mr. Cyril Ramaphosa announced in his State of the Nation address that the Department of Basic Education, DBE, will be given the responsibility of leading and coordinating the Early Childhood Development ECD sector. In response to this pronouncement by the President, as of the 1st of April, 2022, the Early Childhood Development function will be moving to the Department of Basic Education. For further information, you can call 033-846-5481. KwaZulu Natal Department of Social Development, we serve with humility.
4: News from the TV Licence Office. With our new SMS Balance Inquiry function, you can now get your TV Licence Balance conveniently on your cell phone. SMS your ID number or TV Licence number to 44210 and voila. 44210. Standard SMS rate apply, quick and easy. TV licenses make a difference.
0: The hunt for a million is now on. Stand a chance to win your share of a million bucks in vouchers and say big on products like Sasco Cake Flour, 2.5 kg, for an amazing 24 dollars Assorted Protex Bath Soap, 150 gram for just $9.99 each. And Sunlight Dishwashing Liquid, 750 ml, now only $23.99. Prices valid until 29 March, excludes OK Express. OK, owners you can count on.
4: Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.
1: Hmm, we're about to wrap up our broadcast here, 10 to 2, live from the Sandton Convention Center, the fourth South Africa Investment Conference. I'm Tareesh Hadi-Pashad, and we've got senior producer Genevieve Vellanka as well here today. And there's so much of deals being struck before we do that, let's deal with you. And let's find out exactly what's going on from your perspective with regard to this conference on WhatsApp. Now, here's Salim Adam. Hi, Teresh. Consumers are now beginning to feel the pinch. Today, interest rates is expected to rise, as the Interest Rate Committee is sitting today. Petrol price is rising. Electricity prices is rising food price is rising salaries is not rising we're going to have a serious problem if the prices keep rising unaffordability social unrest unhappiness is going to creep
6: in so government need to address the serious issue of price rises
1: Salim, thanks so much for that. Um, let's go to a text message we got from Naeem Patel. It says it's fantastic that investors decided to choose South Africa. It's meaningless when these investments are driven through a neoliberal capitalist system that only benefits one percent of the population so he's not so excited about it so yeah those were your views on whatsapp today but it's uh coming down to you know the tail end of our program and we are keeping tab and um, trying to find out exactly you know where we stand with regard to these deals and um we managed to find out that seven billion rand over a phased period Uh, a long-term period has been pledged by Video Vision Entertainment. I spoke to the founder of Video Vision, Anand Singh.
5: For the past sort of almost 18 years, I've been uh, battling through the courts and uh, for the film studio site in Durban, which is uh, right next to the Sun Coast Casino, which I wanted to build uh, studios even before we started the Cape Town one. Finally, we've got all of the legal processes resolved. It had to go all the way to the Constitutional Court. And so now the footprint of what's there is available for us to develop. And we are putting in uh, sound stages. We're shooting two shows right now on television. And, you know, we want to bring the TV shows there immediately. So that's the uh, agenda of bringing the creative hub of all creativity, not only film, to Durban. Could you put a price tag to it
1: in terms of what you're contributing to this investment?
5: If you look at it on a phased basis in the region of about 7 billion rand, but when you look at the pearls which we partnered and developed in Amshlanga, that was a 3.5 billion rand over 10 years. So it is a phased development and a lot to be done. And it's very exciting for KZN and for Durban. We hear a lot of discussion
1: specifically at conferences like this about boosting the energy sector, the manufacturing sector, sometimes infrastructure development. And here you are with this big investment to the creative arts space. Why do you believe it's necessary?
5: When you look around South Africa and look at the creativity... Whether it's in K and may- more so in KZN, because Ladysmith Black Mambazo and music, you've got artists, you've got poets in Sinam Slope. There's so much that we have in our province been underutilized, and I think that creativity, film, and related media entertainment opportunities are so desperately needed. So we hope that, that we can grow
1: that you specifically mentioned Durban and boosting the sector in Durban with the film studio there we've seen in the past i think about four years obviously south african cinema taking off to unprecedented levels but more so the local south african indian story just trailblazing on the big screen and even on uh, streaming media your
5: thoughts on this being a viable investment hub now when you look at the content all over the world whether it's netflix making films in bollywood or amazon and you know everywhere you know in every country in the world they're producing films so content is always going to be king and the more we can do the better it's going to be for the filmmakers for the young entrepreneurs who are making f- films on their phones we've also received a word a short while ago netflix as well pledging to
1: invest 900 million into this as well I want to ask you about partnerships now. With this Netflix investment and yours, we often hear this word at an investment conference about partnerships, whether it is between public and private or, you know, various bodies working together. What are your thoughts then on how this makes investment turnover
5: far greater? A company like Netflix has been investing in South Africa for probably the last five or six years. Um, The idea of a partnership is something that is functioning pretty well in in cape town netflix are shooting their tv series in cape town it's called project panda and the president uh, ramaphosa went to visit on thursday he was very impressed he called me after that and that's exactly the kind of model that He's looking to promote that you've got facilities that are South African and then you have companies that are coming here. They need that. And it's working for everybody. And he was very impressed. You know, what does that studio, that film studio
1: in Durban, what is it going to represent and mean for the residents of Durban?
5: You know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity, not just a film studio for shooting films. It's also going to be a a destination for people to visit, to see how films are getting made. To use the IPs that we've created, like Mandela in the movie, you know, do things like building the Roman Island set there. So, there'll be a lot, it'll be a, a hub for lifestyle and entertainment, and you know, many of the things that Durbanites love.
1: And that was the um, CEO of Video Vision Entertainment, Anand Singh, telling us about the seven million pledge um, to. The conference here, and I think it means that's great news for you, Durban, because the film studio is basically where this money wants to be invested in to um, try and create, um, you know, a far better, thriving space and area for Durban film to to really really penetrate the entertainment sector and of course that always and almost means a lot more jobs to come your way okay we're gonna end it off now let's hear from you we'll go to whatsapp now
4: the views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM
8: Hi this is Daniel Joshua Challen it's great that our president is trying to get investors into our country which our country needs But we also need to ensure that the investment that comes through does not go into the back pocket of perpetrators of corruption and bribery. Thank you and God bless you.
1: Always great to hear from you and your sentiments. Um, Also some text messages that have come through on the program. Let's try and get some of that in. Uh, We've got um, Shamila Maharaj in Stanga says well done to the team and we wish our beautiful country to be the same as before. Nirmala Devi Muli really enjoying the program today and she says once again a sterling and diligent coverage. Through all the struggles President Cyril Ramaphosa is no doubt drawing the attention of investors in highlighting and reducing the debt burden. Rani says the investment conference is looking and exciting and very positive um, for our country and let's see Um, The growth going forward. Bully Mudli says, thank you so much for keeping us abreast with all the potential investments and pledges that may be a reality for South Africa. There is one concern that this um, is what checks and balances are in place, that this will not be an invitation to those thugs to perpetuate bribery and corruption again. You know, Bully, those were the questions that I had lined up for a lot of the um, other ministers who were supposed to join us today on the program. Couldn't actually get a hold of them um, despite the... Uh, scheduling that we had done but i definitely wanted to talk about a couple of things mm-hmm. firstly the one was uh, i wanted to find out about president solomo posta talking about corruption with so much of money coming into the country what are the mechanisms to stop the mismanagement of funds and the other big thing was the unrest which you know cost the country about 50 billion rand how does that look to the eyes of the investor but maybe that's something i will keep on the back burner for a later stage and as the ministers do become free we could talk to them about that. I wonder where they're all busy running to go today. Well, I hear they
7: are busy with plenary sessions right now. A lot of the programs had been pushed to a little later in the day. Um, It it was a bit of a later start than was expected. So, unfortunately, the time uh, for them to be in those plenaries had moved by an hour or so, which is why some of them have not been here today.
1: So it's not over yet. More pledges are still coming through and we're going to be keeping track of it. Genevieve, what's the evening session likely to be like today?
7: Well, there are a a number of sessions that are still to come, a, a lot of discussions. But I think the key focus now will be a gala dinner towards the evening where President Ramaphosa is expected to, of course, formally close this uh, investment conference and by then we expect to have a number as well in terms of the pledges that would have been made at this conference.
1: I cannot wait. Okay, we'll leave it there for our hour long special broadcast live from the Santon Convention Centre, the fourth South Africa Investment Conference that came away courtesy of the team. Executive Producer Salma Patel, Senior Producer Genevieve Lanka, the entire team back in Durban, Talisha Naidu, Tashlin Naidu and Rachel Vadi. So incredibly instrumental on in this broadcast. Could not have done any of this without them. Absolutely. So thank you so much, team. We are going to try and get you a figure. We are going to try and see what more investments are likely to be signed, sealed, and hopefully delivered. Delivered, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep tabs on all of that from Meeta Rish. Hey, have an awesome day.
4: News break. Lotus FM. Powered by
9: SABC News.